Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to the Daily Covid Update, uh, the daily show that we do on the spread of the coronavirus in India and we track and analyze the major developments of the day. It's not really hard to look at the major news points of today. There was the Janata curfew announced by Prime Minister Modi as we are recording. It's on for 10 more minutes. It will end at 9 p.m. But just earlier in the evening, we also got news that there's going to be a lockdown now of 75 districts where which have been affected, which have um, cases of coronavirus. So I have again with me Suhasini Haider, National Editor, Jacob Koshi, Deputy Science Editor. And so, I guess, guys, the first question is, which is the bigger news point? I, I think it's the lockdown. Um, so, Asni, do you want to take that first? Um, did anyone see this coming? Um, well, I, actually, uh, certainly, I, I agree with you, Jent, in the sense that it seems that while the Janta curfew was put into place, and, you know, it, people were really brought into the Janta curfew as a kind of voluntary um, measure uh, announced by Prime Minister Modi, there were some fairly serious meetings happening on Sunday. Uh, we know that um, uh, there was a, a you know a one held by the the cabinet secretary uh, speaking to the chief secretaries of states, uh, the railway board, uh, and then of course in each of the states uh, which have decided to enter into a lockdown from tomorrow, there were very senior level meetings. At the end of it, what we basically know is as of Monday, India is slowly going to grind to a halt. There is going to be a real lockdown and, you know, 75 districts where coronavirus has been found are, of course, uh, going to see the strictest part of the lockdown. But I think several states, one by one, are deciding to actually uh, extend the lockdown, the lockdown across the state itself. Uh, we know that railway trains are shutting down, buses, public transport is shutting down. Section 144 will be in place in most places. So that more than uh, four people, four or more people cannot gather together. People are being asked, as they were during the Janta curfew, to stay within their homes for the next 10 days or so until March 31st. Uh, but uh, being told that essentially they can move around in the vicinity of their homes uh, in order to get stock up basic essentials. Uh, so we're in a kind of curfew situation, which, you know, some people in the country would be aware of uh, when they've seen law and order situations, for example. But I think this is a really unprecedented situation where there will be no public transport. Every kind of business establishment will be shut down, except for the bare essentials. If you want to travel, you will probably only be allowed to travel for something very important that you would have to prove or, of course, to go uh, uh, to access medical care. Jacob, uh, this is a step that other countries have taken, you know, this policy of a lockdown, only essential services, everything else shut. They've taken this measure when there's been a huge spike in cases. Um, I mean, I I don't want to, you know, call this a spike, but yes, in the past three days, we have seen a huge increase in the number of reported cases. Um, does, Does this now indicate that this is going to be a trend? Well, that is exactly what the government's intention is because they are they are seeing a uptick in the last two days in the number of cases and uh, their their aim as in in, the, in a press conference the 
Indian Council of Medical Research Chief Balram Bhargama. I mean, he made a rare appearance today because normally, usually there, there are daily briefings, but it's usually one of his colleagues who come. But this time, it, he was there too. And uh, he sent out this message of isolate, isolate, isolate. His essential point still being that, you know, most of the cases that we are seeing now is because of, uh, because of international imported cases and his, they and their contacts that are driving the spread of, uh, of Corona in India. And, uh, the lockdown has, I mean, airports have been, uh, shut, but the, but the, the thing is, he, it's it's the residual number of people that are already in who might show symptoms after the fourteen odd days that each one of any everybody has a different fourteen day trajectory. So uh, the it is in we have there is no indication again officially yet as to whether there is any community transmission happening in India, but uh, the primary aim is to achieve uh, as much as isolation as possible. And even globally, to India on all said and done, India in, lockdowns really started to come into effect region by region. You know, in many of many countries. So in Italy also, it was only after a certain amount of deaths and the number of cases were much were higher than India before they actually went about lockdowns in a serious way. So in that sense, India is kind of uh, you know early off the boat. I mean, relatively we are. We are, we are 300 and this kind of uh, lockdown situation that has been announced today is going to be pretty significant, assuming everybody, uh, it is diligently implemented. So, uh, we don't know, but it is still, it is still a very, uh, very testy time and it is really a matter of within a week or probably by Tuesday or Wednesday, we would have a better idea of how this is going to pan out. Pan out. Okay, one thing I should have asked both of you before, uh, just in terms of gauging uh, people's willingness to cooperate and their support for uh, these restrictive measures now, these restrictions that are being imposed, um, what was, uh, just give me a sense of what your areas were like at 5 p.m. today when people were supposed to come out and, you know, show their appreciation for uh, staff with essential services who are working. Um, I sort of, I just want to, Without a caveat here that my area in Chennai uh, was a bit quiet and I was a bit surprised. What was it like for you guys? Well, I, I, I definitely think uh, in the neighborhood you could hear a lot of clanging, people coming out uh, to clap as well. Um, uh, the, the, the real thing is I, I, I think, Jayant, that everyone that one speaks to is very, very keen to appreciate anything that you know, essential services workers, health management yeah. workers, doctors are doing. I don't think there is a doubt of that. Everybody is also equally keen to uh, try and be a part of an effort, a unified effort for the country, as the Prime Minister had asked. I just think that uh, the problem may be in terms of uh, messaging when it comes to actually fighting the disease. You know, for example, the Prime Minister spoke about the Janta curfew. And um, uh, within a, a, you know, 24 hours before that, we saw mass panic. Uh, a hoarding, a hoarding of medicines, hoarding of groceries. And the Prime Minister came on, spoke about uh, the curfew, and then we saw this mass exit from uh, various cities of people going back to their villages. Some of it is because they are daily wage earners and they really don't see any work coming and think that it's uh, best to go home before there is a lockdown of some sort. 
but we saw, you know, the trains packed. We, I mean, this is the kind of situation you don't want in a country like India, with such a huge population and such a density of population that for uh, any reason people start to get, um, uh, you know, scared and, and sort of come out in large numbers for for, for um, either to hoard uh, essentials or to go in one particular direction. This is what actually everyone is trying to avoid in terms of the health workers. Uh, and I think that's something that the government is going to have to work a little more closely on in terms of its messaging, in terms of um, maybe ensuring that there isn't this kind of panic that leads to it. I can tell you, even though there have been these messages given by the Prime Minister, we've seen at times, you know, uh, various uh, cross-messaging being done by uh, by members of the government. We also see this kind of sense that um, people don't really know what is going to follow. So, for example, there was a curfew and people were happy to do this in terms of, you know, up till 9 p.m. at night. But before the 9 p.m. curfew was lifted, uh, you suddenly see a 10-day curfew coming about a lockdown, which, as uh, Jacob said, is much needed because India is, as he said, in that early stage and well, we are far ahead in our um, in our policy of lockdowns from a place like Italy, for example, or the U.S. But I think what we haven't yet seen is a, is a concerted effort really to stem the panic and to let people know exactly where we are. I mean, this is just my two bits. I do think that people were enthusiastic about, in some way, appreciating uh, what you know emergency workers are doing for us, going out when others are not. Uh, but I, I do think that the next step will be to ensure that we don't feel uh, a kind of panic from not knowing what will come next. Yeah, Jacob, uh, would you like to begin? Yes, sure. Uh, no, I stay in 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 Noida, which is one of which is now one of the dist- part of one of the districts, seventy five districts that is under a lockdown now, and I stay in a high rise building. And what I observed was fif- at four forty five. That is nearly fifteen minutes before the the scheduled five o'clock. There were already uh, people coming out on the balconies and banging their plates and ringing bells. There were conch, there were conch shells being blown, and it was way more than the five minutes that the prime minister requested. It was nearly fifteen minutes of pandemonium, and all the birds were scared for a long time. But it ended at about five o'clock, five five, which is what was. Uh, requested by Prime Minister Narendra Modi. So yes, as Swasini pointed out, there is a lot of enthusiasm. And uh, I just found it a bit paradoxical because at 4.30, you know, there was, uh, I was listening in on the health ministry briefing where, briefing where, we, where we got a confirmation that there were 341 cases that, that were recorded as of 5 p.m. today. And just 15 minutes Later, there was this, it seemed like a mass celebration. I mean, every, there seemed to be a sense of bonhomie. And I actually saw a lot of people step out of their houses and record themselves, you know, clanging their plates. People were, people, and as several other videos on social media cropped up, people were actually congregating to them with themselves. People were taking out little processions in different parts of the country and, you know, circling around. And this is certainly not what was expected. I, it was, I mean, the social distancing everybody had been observing, I, I believe, for, uh, for the whole day seemed to have relaxed for a while, for five minutes. And 
the virus doesn't care for five minutes. I mean, it is it, it's just so infectious. It, given what is what we are being told by scientists, even two of if it, it just matters how close if you're even within the vicinity of somebody very close, it, it you could just get it, and you know it kind of defeats all of the you know all of the inconveniences that we are now uh, being forced to kind of uh, uh, be part of. So there was it is I'm it only the days ahead will tell us uh, how we are poised to stand. But there was a kind of celebratory note that I really do not uh, agree with. And I believe this was because of the kind of messaging that came, that was conveyed by uh, by the Prime Minister. I mean, yeah. So um, before I get to um, discussing what I think has been a big uh, talking point of the weekend, uh, thanks to television, I just want to get a quick update from both of you in your respective fields. So, Asni, yesterday we spoke about uh, a flight that was supposed to bring some people from Amsterdam and one more from Italy. Can you just give us a quick update on that? Um, well, gentlemen, the good news is really that many more Indians have been able to return on Sunday, which, as you know, is the last day of uh, commercial flights being allowed back into India. So, uh, amongst those, the 263 Indian evacuees that came back from Italy, they've been waiting for days, if not for weeks, uh, to return. Remember, these are people for whom the, uh, the coronavirus testing was done over there. Uh, their samples were brought back to India. Uh, and they have been proven to be coronavirus free. Even so, they are being taken to the quarantine facility in Delhi. Uh, in terms of the Amsterdam flight, we're expecting that back as well. But that is a special flight because, of course, uh, no commercial flights are going to be allowed uh, as of uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, we are also going to see the last of the straggling flights coming in over the next maybe 12 hours or so. But after that, that is going to go into lockdown as well. We're expecting zero flights really in uh, the next week until March 29th. We do understand that the government is still holding out some hope for people who are stranded in places like Manila, in places like uh, London, hoping that they will be able to organize Air India flights that would go out, uh, pick up everyone and bring them back. Uh, however, given the government's uh, a clear policy that they will not bring back people who are infected, so they need to know that everybody they are bringing is in fact um, coronavirus-free, this uh, complicates the issues a little bit and, and will lengthen out the time it will take to bring all of these people back. Uh, we had even we had um, uh, been reporting on a group of about 80 TCS employees who were stranded in, um, in Malaysia and in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, and they had been assured, in fact, they had been moved to one facility in order to be flown back to India. They were moved into, I think, departure buses and then sent back again because although the uh, uh, DGCA, the Civil Aviation Authority, had cleared them to return, the health ministry uh, had not yet given the clearance. So we're seeing some of that uh, collaboration being done. What we are expecting, though, to see is a complete shutdown of flights in the next few days. Okay, yeah. Uh, my mother who lives in Malaysia was telling me about the situation at the airport with some Indians. So, um, so yeah. Um, Jacob, just want to get a quick update on what are the fresh cases, how many fresh cases reported today? Well, uh, since yesterday, there seems to be about uh, 70 cases. Uh, and uh, the total number of deaths have been updated to seven. I'm just... This is according to what the health ministry is now showing. There are 329 active cases, 
23 have been cured or discharged and uh, seven deaths as, as you know as we have said and again the the leading states appear to be uh, maharashtra which is about 64 cases next up is uh, uttar pradesh which is when actually it's kerala with 45 uh, cases now remember all of these also include the counting begins from day 1 uh, from from march 4th actually so as and when uh, the some people are the cases that are cured they are not really removed off this list what i'm reading out from the state so there is it is uh, it is increasing right now and uh, let's see testing is testing again uh, remains one of those issues the private healthcare industry has been given a clearance to conduct their own tests. They have been asked to conduct home tests. They have been asked to charge no more than 4,500 rupees for a test, which is what it costs the government also to uh, conduct tests. But as of now, there is you cannot expect, let's say, testing to start from tomorrow. These, they have to procure, there are only certain kinds of FDA approved or you know European Union certified uh, uh, diagnostic kits that will be allowed to be offered for uh, testing purposes and some of those uh, private lab pathology labs in india haven't really firmed up deals yet there is still no clarity on when such tests can be expected also just because private labs are now being encouraged to test does not mean that you know you can just uh, you know you can just walk in you need to be you need to get a doctor's certificate that will recommend a test and only then can a test be done so anyway, this is it's clear that you know the number of the test they want to the government wants to test more and more uh, high risk categories of uh, you know of suspected patients and it is it is also an experience that we have seen and and that has been borne out from other countries too that the as the number of tests start increasing the number of positive cases also will start increasing. The number of collection, as we discussed yesterday, the number of collection centers have also dramatically gone up. And once uh, more and more of testing goes up, you will see more cases. Even now, the government says it has got the capability on its own. It has the capacity to test nearly 70,000 cases a week. Mind you, this is just the capacity. But it is, uh, it is test last week it has tested really about 5,000 cases. So again, you know, the the argument is that you know we they are still focusing on higher risk groups as opposed to other uh, you know other public health private health experts who say that not enough testing is done and this is why India's numbers are uh, you know are too low. Right. So uh, speaking about next week, I am speaking about the numbers. Um, one talking point of the weekend, as I mentioned, is the fact that. Um, Several people have been watching TV, uh, given that a lot of people have been spending time at home watching news. And one of the experts who has been very prominently on the news channels is um, Ramanan Lakshmi Narayan. He is the um, he's a senior fellow at the Center for Disease Dynamics, Economics and Policy in Washington. And um, the thing is that because he's been on TV so much, I think that and um, he, he's been saying that at the, in the worst, the best case scenario for India, he says, is that 20% of the population is going to be affected by COVID-19. Uh, that would be around 200 million people. And this seems to be 
I mean, I just want to bring this up because this is like a this is now a widely circulated message. It's uh, it's gone across all TV channels just because he's been across all TV channels. I think we'll deal with this again separately, perhaps in a separate podcast. But Jacob, just what can we say initially about this? Yes, if you look at those numbers collectively, two hundred million is is very scary. But one must remember that all viruses over time will, uh, especially when it is when it circulates in a population, a common cold virus or corona family viruses will over time infect about sixty to seventy percent of your population. Now the crucial factor over here is the time. It is it is. Seventy percent or sixty percent of your population is likely to be infected over three years or over four years. Sometimes even as quickly as two years. And remember, eighty to ninety percent of these cases are going to be similar to what you would experience when you are down with a cold. It's always the twenty percent that matters. But yes, remember, it's also important to note that this is a matter of this. This, this is a result of mathematical modeling. Remember, it's almost like for I mean. Not the closest analogy, but just before uh, we have our election results, we have different pollsters who, uh, you know, use their own models and use their own assumptions and uh, have their own uh, interpretations and therefore make predictions on which you know which party is likely to win. And we all know that you know that there can be wide variety in terms of the kinds of outcomes that are expected. Similar, I there are similar basic ideas. That are uh, that are used in terms of modeling for disease also. So in in the case of Lakshmi uh, Narayan's uh, Lakshmi uh, modeling, we it is still not peer reviewed research as far as I know. We still do not know what are the assumptions in that model. What are the basic calculations that he made? Is he just calculating that the you know the the response that we have seen in other countries? Is he just you know, multiplying it by a billion or so in India? That is a very commonsensical thing to do, but it need not always work the same way. I mean, there have been, uh, there was a time when you know people make mathematical mod- model projections and say that you know all of India is going to die out of AIDS. I don't know if you remember projections of this, sort. but you know, clearly nothing of that sort has happened. So modeling is one thing, act modeling to the specifics of your country, of your state, of your district makes all the difference. It is why epidemiology is a very specific field even within medicine. And uh, it is, you must, we don't know what the truth is, but it's it's only time that will actually tell you whether these things are going to uh, bear out. So, but the point is, please don't panic just by those numbers. That's the key takeaway from that, uh, from what I'd like to Right. So, Hasni, I'll, I'll let you have the last word. I'm sure you've seen this interview as well. What did you make of it? Well, I certainly agree with uh, Jacob that modeling is and, uh, you know, um, and, and, and the kind of things that are done by economists and mathematicians is perhaps a little different from how epidemiology works. But um, there is no question that at some point we hope that the coronavirus will become uh, a little more like the flu, will not be so easily spread and will not have such uh, uh, sort of, you know, lethal effects, particularly for older people. In which case, we might be able to look at the numbers of people being affected uh, with a little, a little less sense of alarm. I, I do think the interview was meant to create alarm because remember, around the world, there is a sense that many countries, particularly developed countries, took it a little too easy to start with. And had this kind of panic been set off 
right at the beginning, their governments might have been a little more attentive to the signs of what could go wrong. And I think uh, people are using both uh, uh, extremes, you know, uh, countries like the US and countries like Italy, Spain, Germany, all of them as examples of places where it, this is the first world and the first world's reaction was to take it a little too easy right at the start. So I think um, uh, many right. might not agree with what uh, Dr. Ramanan is saying necessarily, but might say that the alarm and the panic is much needed at this. Okay, um, so guys, we're building up to a huge week, as I said um, in the intro yesterday, and still holds true. Uh, we're going to see how this um, lockdown is going to work, and I think we're going to really see an intensification of the debate around uh, testing and what our strategy should be. So I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow and in the coming days. Thank you so much for joining me today. Bye. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Bye, Scott. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Hope it's a great week for all of us. It's a great week.